So you were born in St. Albert, Alberta, um, and you did your undergraduate degree in social work in Canada and then decided to go to medical school. You applied to a number of Canadian medical schools, but wasn't accepted. And uh, so you went uh, to Australia where you studied. But there is a clear this is where the real problem is. Um, there are limited amounts of spots for medical schools here in Canada, even though now we have a clear shortage of doctors. So you decided to go to Australia. Um, talk to me, walk me through making that decision. And and did you want to study here? Was there just no opportunity to study here? Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I certainly wanted to study in Canada. You know, that was always plan A. Um, the problem with Canadian medical schools is that, like you said, there there aren't a lot of spots. We don't have a lot of medical schools relative to our population. Um, and so medicine is obviously a very a highly competitive field. There are a lot of undergraduates who want to go to medical school. And so it just, you know, statistically, the, um, the chance of getting in in Canada are lower, even if you are an exceptional candidate, right? Um, and or even if you apply multiple times. So, what other countries like Australia have done is they've they've made international education um, a, a business, and I know Canada does this as well. Um, but you know, a large portion of uh, the well, not a large portion, but some portion of the Australian you know GDP is made up of all these international students. Um, the majority of which come from, you know, Southeast Asia, China, and all those places because it's closer to Australia. But um, so, yeah, I definitely wanted to go to Canada. But, you know, I think I, I got rejected, I think, five times. <laughs> and so, after that, I was like, well, maybe I should try somewhere else. Right. So you, you went to University of Queensland in Australia. You graduated in 2013 with 100 other Canadian students. So, you know, you're not the only one, Dr. Brennan. Obviously, uh, you know, many other Canadian students, as you said, do this as well. Um, uh, but when you graduated, you decided to do your residency somewhere else. And why was that? Because I want to get to the red tape uh, that's involved with getting Canadian doctors back on home soil. Tell me about why you didn't choose to come back for your residency. Yeah, so my choice and the, and the choice of many of my friends um, was, again, it's really based on, you know, what are your chances of securing a residency spot? Um, so in so if you compare Canada to the United States, so in the United States, um, everybody, and that's any applicant from any country inside or outside of the United States is competing for the same spots, mm. right? So it's just a big wide open field and you're all competing for those same spots. And so you all put your applications in and you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, in Canada, the Canadian residency matching service has created two separate buckets, if you will. Um, there's a large bucket of spots they set aside for Canadian graduates only. I should say some Canadian and, and American graduates um, because they participate in this program called the Licensing Commission for Medical Education, which is a U.S.-Canadian program. Um, that's a really big bucket of, of, of large majority of the spots. And then there's a smaller bucket of spots for non-Canadian medical degree graduates. And so it doesn't really matter what your citizenship is. It just matters where you got your medical degree. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and how so big are these buckets, that- though, Doctor Brennan? How, like, how many spots are we think are we talking about? Um, so the the Canadian spots, um, I want to say, of the entire spots in the country, it's probably seventy to eighty percent of them. Wow. Okay. Um, and so, so that's one thing. So first of all, you have a small country with less residency spots to begin with, and now you've just made that bucket even smaller for people who did not get their degree in Canada. Um, the United States, obviously, the population here is ten times what Canada is. The number of residency spots is way, way higher. Um, you know, many, many, many thousands higher, um, and just statistically, your chances are better. Um, and so, when you look at all that, and you know, added on to that was also some messaging that all of us received back when we were in medical school and having you know, people come visit us from Canada, some of these individuals that are responsible or that were responsible for the the matching service back then. Um, You know, we're talking like 10 plus years ago now. Um, And and just, you know, people telling us like, hey, don't, you know, don't bother, honestly. (laughs) Like, Mm. yeah, it's it's nice that you want to come back, but really, it's really hard. Um, Here are all the thousand reasons why. And so when you hear that from the people in your own country that sort of run things, um, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And, um, you know, you, you need a residency. I mean, that's just the bottom line. If yeah. you just have a medical degree without a residency, it's kind of, it's not a very useful degree. So we fast so, forward, yeah. we fast forward 10 years now and we're cor- mm-hmm. currently short 17,000 doctors in this country. And so when we think about that number, Dr. Brennan, has the government not created this problem by creating this red tape where, again, you are now the pediatric pul- a, a pediatric pulmonologist and associate director of rare lung disease uh, a center at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. You obviously have a very, uh, you know, distinguished role. You are doing well. And we could use <laughs> we could use you here in this country. And, and you've said that you you desired to work at home. Your family lives in Canada as well. Your your family, many of them are medical um, uh, work in the medical field as well. So has has the Canadian government created this hole? So the, you, you can't put all the blame on, on the government um, because the government and the medical schools and the matching service all have to work together. Mm. Um, and so, you know, obviously the government sort of decides, oh, we need X amount of doctors. Um, and so then all of those institutions have to work together to sort of figure out and plan, you know, in how many years do we need X number of doctors? Oh, we should create this many medical school spots and this many residency spots. That's a really easy thing to say, but then you also have to find, you know, experienced physicians to teach all those people and create resources and put a lot of money into those programs. And so that is, I mean, that's what needs to happen. Like, step one you you have to do that otherwise the situation gets worse um the other thing that i've talked about in previous interviews that's much much quicker is to make it easier for physicians who are already licensed and already trained to come to canada Mm -hmm. regardless of you know doesn't have to be someone like me who's from canada but there's a lot of people that would like to practice medicine in canada and so if you make that step easier 
you can very, very quickly um, have a lot more doctors coming into your country because it takes, you know, it takes 10 years to train a doctor, right? Yeah. To go to medical school and residency. So you can't fix a 17,000 doctor shortage just by making more medical school spots. Um, you need to allow people who are trained to come to the country much, much easier than is currently happening. Yeah, the process needs to be better. Okay, we have, I literally have seconds left and I really wanted to ask you as well, Dr. Brennan, you know, again, you have been hearing about the issue of air quality in the Toronto area with the wildfires. You do focus on uh, pediatric pulmonology. What is your advice for parents of young kids um, who, you know, again, as we're still dealing with this smoke, it's a little bit better today, but, uh, you know, people, experts are saying that it could get a little bit, you know, worse or back to where we were earlier this week. Really quickly, what are some of your advice, some of your advice for, for parents? You know, I think, uh, smoke and any sort of air pollution is worse, especially for people who have chronic lung diseases. So in, in children, you're mostly talking about kids that have asthma yeah. um, and that can trigger asthma attacks and, you know, lead to, you know, doctor's visits and hospitalizations. So the, the two biggest things, number one, I guess it's, it's sad to say in the summer, but, you know, if you don't have to go outside, maybe don't go outside that day um, and, and sort of limit your exposure to all the, that particulate matter from the burning uh, from the fires. But if you do have to go outside, um, you know, sort of go back to all the, unfortunately, the old COVID rules or, you know, mm -hmm. put on a, a mask. A best, mm -hmm. The best mask is an N95 mask or a KN95 mask um, because that's going to certainly limit a lot of the exposure to the particles that you inhale. Um, and then the, I guess the third thing to be remember is that, you know, this is hopefully temporary. Um, it will all go away um, at some point, yeah. um, and the air quality will improve uh, around all these North American cities. So, um, but for for parents of children with asthma, you just have to be a bit mindful of what their asthma triggers are and plan accordingly. Important, important tips. Thank you so much, Dr. Brennan, for your time today. Not a problem. Thank you. That was Dr. Steve Brennan. He is a pediatric pulmonologist and the associate director of the Rare Lung Disease Center at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. Interesting story, right? I mean, here we are with a huge doctor shortage. 17,000 doctors are needed in this country. Um, and we hear about this every single day. And here we just spoke to a Canadian doctor who had all desire to come back home and to work here. And yet the red tape uh, says no to many, many. I mean, Dr. Brennan's story is one of many stories of doctors, Canadian-born doctors that would like to work in this country, but because of red tape, they cannot. Great tips, though, on how we can continue to protect our children as we still deal with the smoke from the wildfires.